Hello there and welcome back into the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. My name is Sam Hind and today I'm going to introduce you to an incredible woman, a woman who runs a multi-million dollar direct selling company that started as a vision and a mission and a passion in her kitchen. I'm going to be introducing you today to the CEO and founder of Jordan Essentials, Nancy Bogart. Nancy tells the story about how she took something that was simply a concept and an idea. She wanted to be able to follow in the footsteps of other pioneer women. And most importantly, she had a vision to be able to give uh, flexibility, freedom, and the ability to earn finances and have a balanced lifestyle to women all over America. And she's done exactly that. Nancy's going to share a little bit about how Jordan Essential started and how she has taken her business to its 22nd year as a multi-million dollar company that's literally impacting lives in every state of America right now. And hopefully, if I get my way <laughs> globally in the next not so distant future as well. So, with all of that said, I'm going to hand over now and let you listen on in to the beautiful Nancy. Make sure that you have your pen and paper ready because she drops some amazing pearls of wisdom and golden nuggets along the way that I know are going to be both inspirational and beneficial to you as you grow your very own business. So, with that said, tune on in, grab a cup of tea or coffee, and enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. My name is Sam, and today I am joined by the beautiful Nancy Bogart, CEO and founder of Jordan Essentials. Welcome on in, Nancy. It's great to have you. It's great to be here. It's an exciting day. I am so looking forward to our chat. We've had the opportunity to connect and chat a few times prior to this. It's taken us a while to get together, but this is really exciting because you've got such an amazing story um, that uh, I'm keen to unpack a little bit about today. But Nancy, before we get stuck into all of the nitty gritty and the details, can you share a little bit for our listeners about who you are? Because uh, I'm, I'm keen to dive on into the the story of how Jordan Essentials came to be. So I live here in the Midwest in the United States in a little town called Nixa, Nancy from Nixa. I was a stay-at-home <laughs> mom over 22 years ago, and I really just didn't want a job. I know there's a lot of people like that out there, and I thought I can get an income without a job. And I started a direct sales company called Jordan Essentials, and we're going to talk about that today. Um, after the healing waters of the Jordan, we make natural, yummy bath and body products with purposeful mm -hmm. application blended with essential oils. So uh, our story started in my kitchen and it ended up in all 50 states in the United States um, with great products. We have 150 products now, but it started with one small product we can get into in just a little bit as well. Yeah, amazing. So Nancy, you've got um, uh, how many kids there? How old now? Like this, how long have you been in the business for? How many years ago is this? Okay, so we started 22 years ago. Actually, it was yeah. in the fall. We started with a craft fair booth and oh then goodness. incorporated in February after three half days. I made about $7,000. My husband said, that's a business. <laughs> uh, we had um, three little boys then. They were one, three, and yeah. five. And um, four years later, we adopted our daughter from Russia. So we have four yeah. children that are grown now, 24 yeah. to 29. Ouch, <laughs> almost 30. <laughs> 
Um, and they all work for me at the moment. Oh, do so, really? This I didn't know. You. That's amazing. Yes. And my first seven years, my husband worked with me and then he <laughs> left me in the business. We're happily married, but he went and got a job when the economy got rough. Mm. He said, um, you can stay here and feed your dream. I'm going to go feed our family, which is what wow. he did in 2007. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so the rest of the time I've been the CEO running the company and then the kids just one by one started working for us. So wow. it's definitely a family affair and kind of a strange little way. But yeah, all four kids work for me, but my husband doesn't. Well, okay. So he never came back. He, he just, he stayed out there. Kind of. He's the CFO um, on the side part-time, doesn't get paid, but gets to go on the vacations and he does <laughs> drive a vehicle but um, every once in a while, we have a board meeting. And yeah. uh, so he's he's a great wise counsel. He runs a yeah. camp contracting firm. And so I like that we have separate lives. We're both CEOs of our companies. Um, but so he's he's really the most brilliant business person I know. But we mm. are two type A people. And uh, we don't have to butt heads over the business anymore. He has a voice, but not a vote in the company. I'm the one with the vote and uh, it works really well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. It sounds that. like the best of both worlds, actually. It you guys does. get to yeah. come together and support each other whilst also having that, mm-hmm. that individuality. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So I want to hear about this, this starting now, the, f- the fact that you've got four beautiful kids, you've been the family mom, you've been the business mom, you've done all of that is so admirable. But what I love is the fact that you took a dream and something you're passionate about. So let's just go back a little step. You obviously have created this natural product. What was the inspiration behind doing that in the first place? How was that birthed? So this is my favorite story because you would never have thought this is what was going to happen. So Um, My background's in food science and catering, and I had tried to do like catering, but the hours were terrible. And of course, you Mm. don't want to do that. And the kids were little. And so I started doing craft fair booths, and I invented a solid bar of lotion. Mm. I had read books about pioneer women and um, how they would make products, and they didn't have containers. And my grandmother had solid perfume. And I thought, I can take this. I could make something like this. So I hand poured these solid bars of lotions made with beeswax and mm-hmm. other emollient oils, poured them in a mold, stayed up all night, put them to a, went to a craft fair with my mom. Mm-hmm. And people just walked by. They could care less. And she was the first car saleswoman in the St. Louis area in the 1970s. She had a little moxie. So she said, get up and put that in their hand and say, have you ever seen a lotion bar? And uh, we sold out again and again. And so that was our first product. We've hand poured over 5 million of our bars. Um, You know, they've been featured. um, They've gone won awards. We almost name all of them. Um, They're still hand poured here in the Midwest because they're kind of complicated um, to make. And they're a little fussy, but they're beautiful. And you can use them like in your hair and your hands, your elbows. And after the pandemic, your hands will get so dry. Having that lotion bar just really help to seal in the moisture in your skin um, after washing and washing and washing. Mm. And they had a new resurgence. Um, So that little lotion bar started everything. Just kicked it all off and is really the cornerstone of our company. Yeah, such a cool story. And I am fascinated, though, I've got to say, Nancy, by the fact that you've gone from, okay, cool, here's a lotion bar, here's an idea, to I'm going to turn this into a direct selling company. What? How did you go from, uh, you know, going to markets and events to I'm going to get distributors to distribute this for me? Um, what was that transition? 
Well, you know, I think back then, um, you know, you didn't have the internet, you weren't searching around, you didn't know things about people. So all I kept thinking was, I don't want to have to have a job where I had to punch mm-hmm. a clock. I wanted to work on my own time. I wanted to make the money I wanted to make. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to have friends. I mean, I'm totally describing direct sales and I didn't know it. I had gone to some home parties, but nobody had ever asked me to join, which is hilarious now. Uh, one of my top distributors, I went to one of her home parties, which she didn't mm-hmm. recruit me, but I recruited her later. Yeah. So um, my husband was in a business group and he said, let's take your lotion bar and let's mm-hmm. see what he thinks. And he said, hey, have you ever thought about direct sales? And I said, what does that mean? He said, like, Pampered Chef, Mary Kay. Mm-hmm. And I said, I thought they just got paid in products. And he said, no, they actually make money. And I said, really? <laughs> and I think that would help some of my friends. And then I had uh, offered a franchise. I had a big box store call. I had merchandisers calling. But I loved the idea that it was going to help my friends. And so my my vendor events were in November and December Mm -hmm. of 1999. And we incorporated in February of 2000 with six women in my living room. My sister was one of them and um, decided to make this into a business where they could have fun, flexibility, you know, Mm -hmm. the finances that they wanted to make and take. And I had lotion bars and soaps and a little canvas bag. And our company, actually, our original name was Country Bunny Bath and Body. Adorable. Um, (laughs) We changed the name in 2007 when Ron left. No Mm -hmm. coincidence. And, um, you could tell we needed to change a few things at that time. But yeah, yeah, so that's how we decided to become a direct sales company. I have That was one of the best business decisions I ever made was mm-hmm. choosing direct sales. I have had the most fun, the most flexibility, probably the most financial, no ceiling. Um, all the, and the creativity and the products mm-hmm. that we get to bring to market are just so great. You don't have to mm-hmm. have some manufacturer dictating or trying to cut corners. We do manufacture our products in, um, in Nixa, 90% of our products we manufacture and the rest have to meet our standards. But I mean, it has been a blast. It still feels new and fresh every single day. Yeah, that is so cool. And so one of the things that, uh, you know, really stands out for me, like you started at the beginning and went, hey, you know, I've seen these pioneer women, like you use that word, I've seen these pioneer women, I can do that. You know, what was your vision at the very beginning for the business? Where did you, where, where were you for saying you would go and has that changed? You know, in the beginning, we we really wanted to help women make a good part-time or mm-hmm. full-time income sharing our products mm-hmm. and without sacrificing their priorities. And that actually has never changed. I mean, over the years, the ups, the downs, the 9-11, the recession, the stock market crash, the name change, you mm-hmm. know, anything, you know, our priority was first and foremost that we went to market by supporting women and creating a business opportunity for them to make a good part-time or lucrative full-time income using our products. That just doesn't change. Um, How our comp plan, the product line has expanded, um, you know, all the different little, the the name even changed. But Mm -hmm. that mission where I remember not being able to afford diapers, where I was embarrassed that I couldn't, um, I went to a home party and I couldn't afford anything. And the person doing the party uh, kind of embarrassed me a little bit because I really couldn't afford anything. And I thought that's never going to happen at my parties. Yeah. Um, that yeah. we really wouldn't have that stand where people are having fun. They had flexibility as a mm. customer hostess. They never felt like they had to join. There were three pillars that when we first started that they didn't have to have inventory. They didn't have to have all these things that they create their journey. And then we could help them make that little, make it a lot, whatever it was. And that has been yeah. so fulfilling, but that has not changed yeah. from the beginning to the end. 
That's super powerful. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. And actually that brings me to, uh, the next question that, um, you know, I, I, you, over the last 22 years, you've seen, you know, obviously the industry change dramatically, the way that the industry's worked. You know, you said that it was your mother that said, get this product into people's hands. And that's where suddenly, you know, you were selling out and you realize you had something that people wanted. You know, we've gone into a season in the industry where getting things into people's hands has become harder and harder to do. You know, how have you continued as a business to, you know, continue, I guess, growing, but also how have you had to transition from, you know, that amazing advice that your mum gave you at the very beginning? You know, it is the the funniest part of it all is 2021 was our biggest and best sales year. Mm. When everything is shut down, it was the best. And I think it's because of our relationships, yeah. our relationships with people and our culture. And I know it's so cliche to say, but people are just attracted to being with us that we're genuine. Um, you can see when people come into our company and if they're mm-hmm. those people who kind of have that little slimy MLM kind of vibe or they're, yeah. you know, they're not quite on the same track with us or they're looking for something that isn't really super genuine they almost like immediately bounce off this, you know, positive shield, but we try to really value the person with where they're at. So um, we just expanded through stories and almost like, you know, you would tell somebody back in the pioneer days, Oh, try this. I'll help you with that. It was sister helping sister, mother and daughter, Mm -hmm. aunt, aunt. Um, Actually, when we couldn't put it in their hand, we had the most growth, which I find crazy. Um, just by sharing stories about being genuine, about being kind. Yeah. Um, I would do a lot of our training and support on gratitude and kindness. And I think that showed up in such a big way in a time where people needed it, that we've actually had more sales when I was trying to sell mm-hmm. less and just care a little bit more. So we didn't have to get into their hands. I think our reputation started to supersede us and we yeah. became um, a great referral. Oh, you'll mm-hmm. want to try this. You'll want to try that. So it became, yep. uh, we had a nice tipping point um, mm-hmm. at the end of 20 and then 2021 was just crazy. And this year in 2022, we're going to end really, really strong. And like a lot of companies, I'm just like, well, we're a little speedboat. I'm not a big barge waiting for the waves to come crashing down. We're par- we're pacing with 21. I'm, I'm pretty stinking excited. I'm like, go Jordies. That's what we call them. <laughs> just keep loving people and keep sharing products. So that's it. Yeah. it without putting in their hand. Um, you can kind of put it in their heart. I know that sounds so cliche, but it's it's really. Oh what's no, I love that. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so fun. Oh, that's so that's so great to hear. And you know, it's really it really mirrors what we um, have been noticing as well about your amazing distributors. And you know, as as you know, we inside of our trainings, we work with people from different companies all over the globe. And every time we come into contact with a Jordan Essentials distributor, they just the relationship has been, uh, you know, we don't have to teach them the importance of building the relationship. They get that. They understand the importance of it. And it's really funny because, you know, I, I love that you guys have, have proactively sought out that relationship building aspect because that is the most powerful thing that you can do at the moment on social media and it sells without selling. I love that you guys are doing that and you're really encouraging that with your field. What are some of the ways that you 
and we're going off on a tangent here, but I did warn you that would happen. But <laughs> I want to ask the question, what are some of the ways that you encourage them to focus on the relationship first, even if it's not in a party or um, or a, a demonstration scenario? You know, what are some of the tips that you provide your field to say, hey, guys, this is how you do that. This is how you build that all-important relationship. We spent quite a bit of time just recently talking about listening um, mm-hmm. to what somebody needs. And they might not, they might need something that we don't have and yep. that's okay. So listening to that person instead of being on the cell, mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's all going to, you know, if we have the solution, it's, it's what they need, not what we need. Yep. You know, we have sales quotas or, you know, somebody has to be a qualified leg in your compensation plan. I said, that person's not thinking about being a qualified leg. That mm-hmm. person's thinking about what they need for their family. Mm-hmm. You listen closely enough you find out what they need. If you're friends with people on Facebook, you see what they need in their lives. And yeah. then um, I have a friend of mine, I'm going to have coffee with Saturday and she can't come to an event that we're having because she's watching her grandkids. Perfect example. Yeah. You know, somebody could use really a little foot care set or a little bit of free time, you know, just have coffee. She really needs coffee and not come to my event. So we're going to have coffee together. But teaching about how when you are holistically into the relationship, so um, my husband is getting his doctorate. I feel like I'm putting him through school again. Um, but he said something. I thought this was so good and absolutely mm. could be the key of your listening audience today. It used to be speed of the leader, speed of the team. Mm-hmm. And it's the best communicator has the best followers. Mm. And nobody wants to just watch somebody do something anymore. They want to hear somebody communicate something of value. And then you have their attention that they'll follow. Um, just as a little side tangent for us, I do these community classes on our Facebook business page and they're just fun. Like I do different gift wrapping or how to make, you know, painted ornaments. I love crafting. My first email was Nancy be crafting at Yahoo. It doesn't work anymore. Don't go down. Um, but uh, because Nancy Bogart get a Nancy be crafting. And so I love sharing, like I always wanted to be Martha Stewart. So I love sharing different fun ways to take things and make them into something else or take things from our house. I do wrapping classes, how to wrap with yeah. tea towels or how to wrap gifts uniquely and give great gifts and things like that. Yeah. And it may be something they can use with our products. It might not, but it's value added edutainment as it were, that is endearing because it's a good communication, but also it's so much more fun than selling something or posting something yeah. or poking people with something you have. And then when you do have something that they need, they're like, ah, oh, I'll get that from Nancy or I'll get that from Jordan Essentials. And really, if we miss this whole speed of the leader, mm-hmm. you know, follow me. You want a car like mine. You want this like that. Sorry, that's my next accent. Coming up. <laughs> I love um, it. Then you're going to miss it. You're going to miss the whole thing. So the best yeah. communicators have the best audiences, which have the best customers. And we have the most fun. So I like how everything is shifting right now. Personally, so yeah. much better in our industry. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just going to come back for a second because you just used an, a word that I'm going to call my word of the day here. You just said edutainment. And I love that. Yeah, yeah, I, right. I, this this kind of, you know, when we talk to people about their social media content, we talk about it has to be educational, entertaining, inspiring um, to your target audience. You just made up a word right there, which you probably have been using for a long time. But 
it, it's just gold to me. Edutainment, I love that. Um, yeah. That is your core piece of content that you should be focusing on on social media, guys. I love that. So good. And the fact that you're doing it on the business page, can I just do a shout out for you guys? Because most corporate head offices don't lead by example when it comes to social media. I'm probably going to have a bunch of people send me grumpy emails after saying that, but it is so true. And when we come into contact with corporate head offices and they ask, why is the field not um, sharing rather than selling? My answer is because they're watching you. They're leading by, they're, you're leading by example. They're taking a leaf out of your book. They're going, if this is how head office are doing social media, this is how we need to do social media, which is sell, 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 sell. The fact that you guys as a head office on your business page are jumping in and sharing things like gift wrapping and and other, you know, forms of entertainment or education that simply are about, you know, hey, the product is almost like a it's there, but it's that's not what this is about. Um, is is such a perfect way to be to be selling without selling and such a great example to leave for your uh, your field. So um just like virtual high five to you. I think that's awesome. So well done. Um I do have to ask a question though about ups and downs. The thing is, you know, you're in business, I'm in business, anyone who's been in business knows you don't kind of go from conception to where you are now and you guys are, as you said, in uh, what was that now, how many states? All states of the United States? Yes, right. So you guys are impacting hundreds of thousands, if not millions of lives right now. How You don't go there without having some challenges along the way. And when you and I first spoke, I said, hey, if you had any bumps along the road and you said, oh, have I got some stories for you? And I said, hold them. <laughs> I want to talk about it on the podcast. So I'm going to open up the floor for you for a sec, Nancy, because whilst we don't want to dwell on the negative, I want to dwell on what's real as well. And I want I, I'm just keen to hear, you know, what has that journey been like for you? What learnings have you had along the way? What bumps have you been through that have helped you become stronger and grow the business that you've got today? You know, in 22 years, that's going to be a book, apparently, someday. <laughs> yeah, right, right. right now. So I remember because I'm a young mom and it was a really cold, frosty day. You know, one of those days where you're like, I don't want to get out because it's too cold in the morning. We're supposed to meet with mm. our banker. And this is like the first bump. And it kind of set the tone for the company. And he, we went to church with him and mm-hmm. he said, we have to meet at the village inn. So and I didn't drink coffee at the time. So I had hot chocolate. So we were sitting there and young married couple in our thirties and just started this business. I'm supposed to get my first loan. And mm-hmm. he says, you know what? I took it in and our, my boss said, we don't loan to those kinds of companies. And I said, what kind of company he goes those direct sales MLMs? Mm-hmm. And, um, I said, well, you're not a part of God's plan. We're leaving. And Ron was like, what? And I said, nope, he's not a part of the plan. Let's go. We left a week later. One of my consultants, her husband worked for a bank that had a board of entrepreneurs. And we rolled about $30 million through their bank. So that worked out great for his bank. So it was one of my first things when I was young, I was bold. Mm -hmm. We had nothing to lose. I was so confident in the dream. And so as we went through the different years and things happened um, and more people were involved and the pressure hit, so I don't know if you're listening right now and you're in the young and bold stage, or you might be in the middle stage where I felt like I had everything to lose. And we were on a mm. vacation and Ron had to go home to try to make payroll. And he's just laying face down, you know, praying. And I've got the kids trying to pretend like everything's okay and pretend like mm. everything's okay at work. And, you know, we, we had the bold face and he made the decision to, to go feed the family and I'm going to feed the dream. And he got a job mm. and um, he went and just, 
decided to sell fancy thermostats. And we pretended like everything was okay because we still were bold enough to believe in the dream. But the truth underneath it all was we still had to feed the family. Mm. So you can still keep your eyes and faith forward. Like I didn't know if that bank was going to give me, you know, where the money was going to come from the next week. I didn't know if Ron was going to get a job. But whenever Mm. I had to believe in the dream, we have been through so many different situations and time and time again, because I knew that my dream was solid. I knew that there were a lot of people, the more responsibility that built over the years, the more times I have felt not like that young mom who was like so confident. I'm Mm. now thinking about all the the mouths that we feed, all the people Mm -hmm. who count our paychecks. You know, especially during the pandemic, how many people counted on us for groceries and, you know, needed um, things from us. And if the weight became too heavy, I would stop and have to work and have kind of a readjustment of gratitude and realignment with what that original dream was that things Mm -hmm. were going to fall into line because we had the products and the people, the Mm -hmm. comp plan. We had all the things that we needed to have in place. Mm -hmm. So no matter how many times people said no or how many times I'd run into a brick wall, you know, the bounce back factor has to be high. And just as another side note, when um, Ron went back to work and it was just me as a woman, as a CEO, it was a strange and lonely feeling. I had gone from being a stay at home Mm -hmm. mom for seven years to working with Ron for seven years. And he was basically the CEO and I was the figurehead and the, you know, the speaker and, taking over that role, um, like he went to work. I mean, I didn't know about business licenses. I didn't know about anything. I was getting letters in the mail. (laughs) I'm like, this is fun. So um, I think one of the coolest lessons from that downtime was the example that I want women to see now is that you can do this. Mm. Um, Because before I knew Ron was doing it and I was with him. But he has always said, I'm far better the CEO. I am better that he always believed in me more than I believed in myself. But mm-hmm. I had to learn some stuff. Like I didn't, I could see the PL, I could read it, but I kind of just leaned on him. But it never was his dream. It was my dream. And I needed to learn the PL. I needed to know about the business licenses. I had to get, look at the balance sheet. I had to make the hard decisions. Everybody else had a voice. I'm the one who had to have the vote. And if I was really going to make this dream where it had to go, all of the downs were going to make me really strong to make those decisions into the future. Mm. And I think I paved the way for so many women after me in our company, um, on our executive team, for my daughter, for my son's girlfriends, for my sons. My sons are very, very respectful of women. And they, um, my middle son just graduated from Dale Carnegie. And since I'm his boss, I got to go. And he wow. picked a word for me. He said, it's strength. Yep. And I said, oh, Zachary. And he goes, really? You're the strongest person I know. And I said, not dad. He goes, no, he's got a weakness. It's you. But you don't have any. He goes, you're the strong one. And I thought, that's cool. That's cool. For I'll all take that. Who's going to take it? So that's that's what I would. If the downs have made the ups. Um, and they do make you stronger. Yeah. Wow. You know, and there's so much of what you said in there, um, you know, really uh, resonates that resilience that 
you know, you see in, in successful business women. And I just want to encourage our listeners right now, you know, it's not that when you go through tough times, um, that you don't suffer from those, it's what you're going to do with it at the time. And, you know, the attitude that you're going to take. The thing I loved about what you said, Nancy, is how you kept going back to gratitude. And that is a practice. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not a natural thing to do. The fact that you do it anyway, um, really super powerful. Um, I also just want to ask you about the balancing act because, you know, having four children, you know, a husband and a relationship there to maintain home and a business and a dream to build all at the same time. And you're going through those highs, lows, ups, downs, challenges along the way. How did you balance all of that? And I know balance is the wrong word to use, but we're going to use it for the sake of the question. But how did you balance um, all of those things? Like what things did you put into place or how did you make sure um, that you were taking care of, your family was taking care of and the business was taken care of, but, you know, during that time? You know, and, and I don't use the word balance very well because I don't do it very well. No, I don't think so, any of us do. I think it's a rotten word, but I... I yeah. <laughs> so I love the book Atomic Habits. That's one of my favorite books. Yeah. So I would put habits into place. Yeah. So there were some big non-negotiables but like we would have date night on Friday night. So that date night was really important. That was the period at the end of the week so that we would have a date to be sure that we would move forward into the weekend together. Mm -hmm. The kids had an event, we would hit that event. Um, So they would have different priorities. Um, I vacation hard. I love a good vacation. And if you go to my Facebook page, I'm traveling and, you know, I take the kids with me when I can, but my husband's my number one and he's my guy. I mean, so you'll see that in our relationship. I mean, he always told the kids, if there's a sinking ship, got mom first, I'll come get you guys if I can, but learn to swim. Um, So we've been married 35, 34, 33 years, somewhere in there, over 30 years. Congratulations. Um, But having that, and then when I work, I work really hard and the respect for my family um, for what they do. And I think maybe that's why they work at the office now too. And they're hard workers the work ethic, because we know that we make a lot of people's paychecks. We know Mm -hmm. that what we do is so much more important than just the paycheck we take home. They're a part of the mission, you Mm -hmm. know, to help people make a good part-time or lucrative full-time income sharing our products. And the products make a big difference in people's lives too, but we've got to keep going. We've got to work hard. So I think, I, I think I work really hard in every single area But I got good advice from a friend of mine one time. She goes, if you vacation well and you sleep well, you'll do well. So learn when to turn it off. Yeah, that's, you know, so good that that's that off switch. And, you know, I noticed that you talked about date nights. I just want to come back to that for a little second. Did you guys ever have any rules around what that needed to be or how that needed to look to make sure that you, number one, were consistent with it, but number two, that it was quality time? Always on Friday nights, if we possibly can. Of course, it's hunting season right now, so that's we adjust. So when we were very young, before we started the company, and we just had one child, we didn't have any money. We traded a couch for a babysitter. Um, we, she took the couch, and she would babysit for us for several Friday nights until we could make up enough money. But um, we've been really, really staunch about that the entire time. So that was a non-negotiable for us. Even our kids would say, oh, it's date night. Or people on Facebook will go, oh, where'd you guys go on date night? Um, People follow us for our date nights. And I think that's important to set an example for other couples. Yeah. 
um, for the kids to respect that that was the date night. They could have other times for that. That was our time to decompress. I don't care if we took a picnic in the park. I don't care if we, you know, had, you know, go to a pizzeria or a movie. But that Friday night for our time after a really super busy week, that was our time. And I think that has been one of our keys to our successful marriage, but also in business. You don't want to do all this work and have a heart attack. You know, you got to learn to lay it down. And I know I still work in the weekends. I was just in Tennessee all weekend, but um, so we did date night on Thursday night. So you just make an adjustment for it, but you've got to have those habits and you're like, why, why do all this work? Why do all of this? If you don't um, weave in some of those things that make it worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And you've seen a lot of distributors come and go over the years. You've seen people be successful. You've seen people fail. What for you um, is a standout and, and a characteristic, I suppose, or a behavior or habit of, uh, of typical successful distributors in your business? You know, we have amazing longevity. I still have a couple of my consultants that have been with me for 22 years. Wow. Um, and we're good friends. And yeah. I, we have some steady longevity people. They have that same mission-minded gratitude. I mean, they're on the mission. They aren't just about themselves. They think about other people. They love the products. They love the people. Um, They have such fantastic customers and hostesses. They're not trying to recruit everybody. They listen. They have gratitude. But that longevity to me, um, they play that long game. They play the not in it for me right now, right here. They want to know what you need, where we're going. And, um, you know, I had somebody the other day said, um, oh, wow, you just seem so natural when you did your presentation that I just did in Nashville. I said, well, I'm not desperate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm bold. And I love everything about this company. And I have a great time. But I'm, I'm not desperate. You can come as part of a customer, hostess, or consultant. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that's the trick is don't be desperate. You know, live out of that sense of abundance that you're really doing the right thing. And that's yeah. where my, my key, my people, my ride or dies that have been with me for so long um, are still with me today. Yeah. Awesome. And you know what? The simplicity of that, you know, I, I think when, when I ask that question, people often think, okay, we need to get technical here. Like what are the habits that people are doing in their business? What are the, you know, the things that people are doing, but everything you just said comes back to attitude, right? It's, it's the attitude of gratitude. It's where your heart is at, what your intention is, you know, um, and, and that concept of not having a hidden agenda, essentially you know, do what you're doing to impact people, do what you're doing to connect with people and then let the rest take care of itself. And what you said there about the long game as well, so Mm -hmm. insanely powerful. I love that you guys are intentionally doing that. And I think given uh, that where we're at, where this industry is at, we need to see more of that. Um, So yeah, I I just, I just want to really, you know, encourage that in anybody who's listening right now, if you're thinking that the long game is a a slow way to go um, and you'd rather do the, the churn and burn, um, you're not going to build a sustainable business. Um, So, you know, playing that long game and relationship building first, so insanely powerful. I'm, I'm so excited to hear that that is what you guys are still doing and what you've been doing since day one. That's, that's just awesome, Nancy. I love it. Now, I know too that uh, we've got a lot of people listening right now who are thinking, you know, what if I wanted to start a business? Maybe they've got something on their hearts, you know, maybe it's a product or it's a concept. I know for you, the natural um, products was really powerful. And, you know, it's really funny because it seems to me that you were so ahead of your time when you brought these natural products out. I don't know if that's fair to say or not. 
But, you know, now it's such a trending thing what you're doing. It's like 22 years later and people are looking for how can I get good quality aluminium-free deodorant? We talked about this. You know, you had a vision, you saw something that, you know, you really believed in and and you wanted to step out there and create this. Um, You know, I know that for many people they've probably got something on their hearts that, that, you know, to them is is important or they want to create or they might have a skill, for example, that, um, that they love to turn into a business but they're hesitant to do it because, hey, it takes a huge amount of courage to step out and actually start a business. Um, you know, for any listener right now that's in that position and they're kind of teetering on the edge of making that decision, do I, don't I, what advice could you offer um, to those people as someone who's been there and done that and been through that process? I think probably my two biggest keys for that, one is what problem do you solve? You know, don't do it just to do it. I know some people try to think of a business or try to think something up yeah. to make money, but think about how you're going to help somebody, how you're going to solve sure. that problem. And then one of the things I think we did so smart, especially in the beginning, was we financially took a step in pace with the company. Now, Mm -hmm. my dreams were like caviar dreams. But if I had to make, you know, a step at a time, you know, like my first craft fair booth, I think it was like maybe I invested somewhere around $500 in those first booths. And that was about it Mm -hmm. until we did our incorporation papers and move forward with that. And so then move to the next level, move to the next level, let Mm. your business expand itself financially and push you to a need. Um, I spent so, let me just save you. I spent so much money on stuff that I thought was going to make me money that didn't, that um, instead I should have waited for the need to push the finances. Mm -hmm. I had a good one this year. I wasted a ton of money on. So I'm going to listen to my own advice. But um, (laughs) when you're first starting out, find the need, fill the need, Mm-hmm. And then let your business drive you and push you forward financially into uh, don't get into debt. So we're yeah. a debt-free company right now. I've had times where we are in debt and um, times where it was healthy debt and sometimes where it was unhealthy debt. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have to bet on it. It needs to be something that is driving the business, not something that you're hoping for in the business. Mm. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, that's a really difficult decision to make as well. I know when you were talking about getting that first loan, um, definitely something that we've had to grapple with as well over the years because, you know, initially when we started out, I was like, if we don't have the money, we're not doing it. Like I'm never, ever, ever going into debt. But there comes a time where, you know, for most businesses, they have to make that decision in order to expand to that next level. And, um, you know, one of the things that I know uh, you probably did and you're doing now as well with your husband is always making sure you've got wise counsel around you as well from people who have been there, done that, or experienced it. And, you know, the one thing I would say, which I think you've kind of repeated there a couple of times is don't reinvent the wheel. You know, there are people out there who have been before you who can help you so that you don't have to make those same mistakes. Um, and, you know, I just encourage lean in on people, ask the question. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, Nancy, really notice with you as well, there is definitely a courage there. And as you, your kids quite wisely said as well, an amazing strength. And I don't think that that's something, I, yes, to a degree, it's something that you're born with, but I think it's also something that you build. Um, you know, what have you done over the years to, um, I guess, foster that strength? Because I'm sure that there's been times where you've questioned yourself or you've wondered, can I keep going ahead and keep pushing ahead with this? What have you done in those moments to stay strong? You know, sometimes I just get away. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, to be totally honest, the, all the noise and all the people and all the problems um, can seem overwhelming until you get some distance. And silence can often be your friend. And I don't do silence really well, let's be honest. So <laughs> you and me So countercultural to, you know, what what we need sometimes. So I might, um, you know, take a trip someplace. Um, I do have a couple of really close friends in the industry, like you said, to where I'd be like, hey, I just phone a friend and go, hey, can the three of us meet up in Florida at a condo or an mm-hmm. Airbnb for a couple of days? I just need to decompress a couple glasses of wine and mm-hmm. recalculate. I had a good friend in California. I was done, done, done. Um, and I said, I just, I need to refocus. And they remind you who you are, what you're doing, where you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, have some quiet time, have a little bit of wine, take a nap, um, eat some good food and take a break. Um, like I said, I break really well. And so we were sitting out there in California and I was just so, so weary. And I had been doing so many things. And especially if you start your business right now and you're thinking, well, I've been the chief bottle washer. I've been packing boxes. I've been answering the phones. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. I've been paying the bills. I've been paying the commissions. The reps make more money than I do. I remember those days. And you take a little break and you take a breath and you look around and you recalculate. I came back from that trip. And there was a company that went out of business and we had 350 reps that came in overnight and it just changed wow. our business. And then six months later, we had another one that we, we got a whole bunch of reps that yeah. came in just overnight. And so if, had I quit right before that, what would have happened? So yeah. I do drive myself crazy with, well, I can't quit now because what, what if something happened well, tomorrow? <laughs> What's right around the corner? I love that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. But sometimes you just need a nap and a snack, yeah. a glass of wine, and a good friend. So that's really my, <laughs> my motto in life. Advice, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll go to yeah. Australia and just hang out for a couple of days. But yeah, I love yeah. to travel because yeah. a change of scenery is just not bad for you at all. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's it, w- what you said there as well about that quiet time, you and I both the same, I'm not so great at the, the quietening of the mind. And, you know, when someone says to me, um, mindfulness and meditation, I almost feel like a bit of a clenching in my gut. Cause I'm like, this is, you know, it's, it's harder for me than, than running 10 K is actually stopping and quietening my, my mind. So, you know, sometimes that concept of just go take a walk on the beach or just get some air gets, you know, get some perspective perspective and space. But you know what? I love that advice. Take a nap, eat some good food, have a glass of wine, <laughs> take that time out for yourself. Um, so powerful. And I would love to know, and, and, you know, I, if you're willing to share with us, what is the vision moving ahead look like for Jordan Essentials? What's, what's next for you guys? Tell us well, all the secrets the- is what I'm not. <laughs> I'll tell you all my secrets. Tell well, me. the first thing, it was two years ago, October, I sat down with a friend of mine and asked her if she would mentor me. And we worked on four pillars. And I just finished my fourth mm-hmm. pillar, so I was pretty excited. But one of them was doubling my executive team yeah. and putting the right people around me. Mm-hmm. Because I have worked really hard for over 20 years. Mm. And um, that's a lot to sustain over that amount of time to just push mm-hmm. and push and push. So I am finding so much joy in fresh perspective, yeah. um, delegating. Um, I now have an executive assistant. I am digging that. Um, I've had a couple over the years that were like kind of mediocre or terrible, but I hired a really great one. Um, she came to me and said, do you know anybody looking? I'm like, me? How fast can I raise my hand? But I was open. I was open. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing is taking care of myself and surrounding myself with some great people. Yeah. Jordan Essentials, we did a full 
market research, refreshed our brand, and really worked on our messaging this last year and our story. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that watching that grow and accelerate through um, what we have here in the United States, you know, who knows, you know, kind of spreading out across the um, around the world in the next couple of years. But really for us is to see our products being loved and that compensation being used to bless people like we intended in the beginning. Mm. But I really want to see some people come into the company who are, I love being on a huge committee of people so much better than I am. I mean, I love seeing them go, what about this and this? I'm like, I would have never thought about that. I got to tell you, there's a huge (laughs) company and you were smart enough to hire the smartest people who are fun and dynamic or partnering with a company or mm-hmm. getting, you know, somebody to come in and work with you. And you're like, like this last catalog, I'm like, how fantastic is this? None of that was my idea. Um, I got to vote on it and pay for it and vision and work through it to make sure our mission is clear, but having big teams of people and kind mm-hmm. of running through that. And then my best part, what I see myself doing in the future coming up is working with our field, working with our field leaders, yeah. more time out with people I think that connectivity, I think people need that right now, especially yeah. women coming back every time I travel and get together with a group of women, I don't care how, what size it is, just loving on them, spending time teaching about our products, teaching about the lifestyle and teaching about um, really having that sense of gratitude and growth mindset. I think that's going to be a lot of fun in the next couple of years. And that's where we'll see growth come through. But um, we own our own building. We've been expanding there. Um, we just got a new um, building expansion kit somebody's putting in some place and adding new processes and procedures. Those are all so exciting. Um, but more important <laughs> than that, just watching how um, our leadership's growing and our, our yeah. leadership pool is, is building um, all around us. And it's, it's really a lot of fun. So just more growth. I mean that way, but I'm going to enjoy it a lot more this time around. Yeah, that's awesome. And growth can be, you know, it comes with growing pains, but I love that you're placing people around you that, you know, are adding to that vision and and the fact that you're not afraid to say, hey, you know what, somebody else come up with the ideas, let's support them, let's foster them. That's that's really awesome. I love that so much. And um, I've got some fun questions for you though, Nancy. Okay. Um, these are my favourite questions. So we're going to dive on in and I'd love to know, what is your favorite book? You've already said Atomic Habits is a great book, so you can't say that one again. I'm afraid you're going to have to give us a second book for our accelerator book list. <laughs> I love to read. So I'm reading two other books right now. Um, one is um, Rethink by Adam Grant. So it's yes, time to I've rethink. I've got That's- that one, actually. It's so good. It's got the Ooh. imposter syndrome in there because yep. this is a time in our world everybody needs to rethink. And the second one is Cindy Monroe's book just came out more than a bag. And of course she started 31 gifts um, just after I started the company. We we met and became friends in 2000 and something and um, reading her story from her perspective, since I've heard her voice um, and I know her, but her story through her journey as an owner of a direct sales company to me, is just precious and how many lives she's impacted. And it's extremely motivational. So I'm halfway through that. Don't tell her I haven't finished yet. So those are the two I've, I've packed in my bag. I've taken on my last couple of trips. 
Oh, I'm going to have to get hold of that one. And uh, I had the a very brief meeting with her at the DSA as she was leaving on that first day. She had to duck off. I think it was her son's 21st birthday. So, um, uh, yeah, again, uh, I'm going to check that one out. That sounds like a great one. So love that. Next question. If you could have a superpower, any superpower, what would it be and why? I think my superpower, you know, if I could have any superpower, and I think most women would want to have the superpower, would be able to read people's minds. I hate playing the mind game. I hate wondering what they're thinking. I wish I just knew, especially when people try to hint. I'm so bad at that. I'm like, could you just tell me what you really mean? I mean, I would be so happy. I'd love to help. I want to help people. This beating around the bush or innuendos, I just can't hardly stand it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm right there with you, but I have to say, I've thought about this one and I feel like it would also be a very, pa- a very painful superpower to have because you'd also mm-hmm. get to know all the things you, you don't want to know people are thinking about you as well. If you're a people pleaser, like I am, you, you kind of, <laughs> I'm going to change that. I want to have the superpower <laughs> to know what people are thinking that have positive thoughts or need something from me. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> Or that you can just pick and choose what thoughts you, yeah. When, and I can when turn on and off. Yes, I can turn I can, on and off. Okay. Well, that's not a good one. Let's turn that, yeah, turn that channel off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. Um, what's your favorite quote? So I kind of came up with this quote and it's adapt, adjust, and overcome. And everybody started quoting me forever for that. <laughs> And so like, you know would, it's a good quote when people start quoting you. I think that's yes. great. We have t-shirts, adapt, adjust, overcome. And really that's what I've done with my life. I mean, it's kind of the story I've told today is I'm going to adapt to the situation. I'm going to adjust what I need to adjust. And then you're going to overcome and keep going. So we had a whole conference talk on this, but it's kind of become my thing. Like I'll be someplace or with one of my team members or one of my kids and they'll throw it back at me. You know, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Using your own quote against you, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Last question. If you could go back in time, Nancy, and say one thing to your past self, what would that be? Play the long game. Mm. Today seems so enormous, Yeah, but don't hold on so tight because you're going to play the long game. It's going, whatever the situation, it will smooth out. The river's going to run. That stone Mm. will get smoother. Just keep going. I got so tripped up and there's probably about three massive, huge, craggly rocks in my past that I got so tripped up on that I lost sleep over. Mm. I lost, you know, friends over. I lost um, a lot of angst over that if I could go back and tell myself that I've got to think the long game and it's it's going to smooth out. Mm. It's painful today but it's going to keep flowing. And, you know, if I could have told myself to project a little bit further into the future, um, that it's going to be okay. That's probably would have been my best advice. And I tell myself that now, because I can see back now, you know, when you're old and wiser, but yeah, those three big things in my life were really rough. And who knows, I may have three more coming up, but hopefully I'll, I'll travel those waters a little bit bit than I did the first time. Yeah. Yeah, so so good. And look, Nancy, thank you so much for joining us today. I there have been so many little pearls and uh, wisdom and nuggets of gold in there. I so appreciate your time. I know how busy you are. So thank you so much for coming on in and sharing with our listeners and me today as well. I feel like I get the the full benefit here. So thank you for your time. We really appreciate you. 
Thank you so much for having me. Congratulations on your award. It was so exciting to be there and to witness that and wave. And um, you guys are doing great things. And it's just an absolute honor and privilege to be with you today. Oh, thank you so much, Nancy. And just one last thing I've got to say, because, you know, of course, we've got a lot of Australian listeners and they're probably wondering, who are Jordan Essentials right now? I am hassling Nancy. Don't worry. I am working on your behalf to get Jordan Essentials into Australia. But for everybody that wants to check you guys out, how can they find out a little bit more about Jordan Essentials? Your Facebook page, website, where can they go? Yeah, let's go to my Facebook page. Go to one of my community classes. Have some fun. So our Facebook page is Jordan Essentials. You Mm -hmm. can't miss it. Um, It's got some great information on there, great skincare tips. And you'll see I probably do at least a class a month, how to use essential oils, how to take care of yourself, how to wrap gifts, how to make crafts, and how to just have some fun with your family. Yeah, so good. So check that Facebook page out. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, And uh, yeah, look, hopefully in the not so distant future, we'll see you rocking up here in Australia um, and bringing Jordan Essentials uh, to the land down under, which would be amazing. So again, thank you so much, Nancy. So great to have you. And thank you to all of our beautiful listeners for tuning in again this week. We look forward to seeing you all on the podcast again next week. God bless everybody. Bye for now. If you love this video and you would love more help to improve your direct selling business on social media, then click on the link to join our Facebook group. I look forward to seeing you in there.